Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch and review and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. I'm Chris, back again with Patrick. Hey. And back again with Steven. Hey guys, I brought the Molly. <laughs> oh my god. Well listen, I'm 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 a little tired. I'm not gonna do it tonight, but tomorrow night. Absolutely. <laughs> so don't go too hard tonight. We won't use it all, don't worry. Uh, and of course, we were referencing the movie we watched this week, chosen for us by the Wheel of Death. It's called The Rental. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to do a little catch up on what we've been watching or listening to or reading horror related. So uh, who's been doing anything interesting in the, in the realm of horror lately? I've been watching some stuff, some shit. Um, so the new season of like my favorite show of the last five years the white lotus is in a second season almost over it's not exactly horror but it plays with horror tropes and i'm having such a fucking blast with it it's the kind of show where like jennifer coolidge will walk in on two people having sex and it's played like a horror scene and you cannot believe the combination of people that that you're seeing when it happens um it's it's delightful it's disgusting um I highly recommend catching up with that before it finishes this coming Sunday. And I saw Bones and All, guys. Holy shit. Luca Guadagnino's new movie, uh, Teenage Cannibal Romance, set in America. It's his first American film in the 80s. Timothy Chalamet and Taylor Russell. Like, this movie shook me to my absolute core. When it ended, I just turned to my friend and very, very depressed voice just said, Jesus fucking Christ. And it legitimately took me two to three days to recover oh Damn. man i should see that it's a it's I, an emotional wallop i'll tell you what and mark rylance gives one of the creepiest and most unusual performances i've frankly ever seen in my life and i don't know that i'll ever be able to shake it so i'd be very curious to hear your guys' thoughts on that one is that still playing you it's think? still it's in theaters yeah on the big right, screen. Go use my go use my Cinemark points. It's the last thing I'll say about it is it is worth seeing on the big screen because it is so meticulously crafted. The cinematography is so amazing that it actually lends to the that emotional wallop I mentioned of the ending. Like I, I don't know. After, for me, after two hours and ten minutes, I felt like I was living there with these characters through every moment, and that made it all the more impactful. So the bigger the screen, the better. I have a screener of it, so I will probably watch it in that format just to save money. <laughs> but I am excited for it because I love Wadanyino. Yeah. What about you, Patrick? Have you seen or read anything lately? Um, haven't seen a whole lot. I I did start uh, <laughs> joining the entire rest of the fucking world and watching Wednesday, and it's it's charming. I've been enjoying it. I'm about three episodes into that. Jenna Ortega is fucking great, and it, it's just you know low. Uh, Low nutritional value enjoyment. I've been digging that. Um, I, the other big development, which actually happened since, I think, before last episode, but I didn't even think to share it on the show, is, guys, I went on a fucking ghost hunt. Did I tell you this? I know nothing no. about it. You I ghosted went a, us. I, w- I went on a ghost hunt in New Orleans, one of the one of America's most haunted cities, reportedly. 
Oh, you did tell you did tell me, but I, I'm excited to hear it all over again. <laughs> it sucked, man. Yeah, it. And and I, and I mean, this is not just me being like a skeptic piece of shit, which I am. I'm very skeptical, kind of, on the whole ghost thing. Um, but Allison with a Y and I went, um, and they are certainly not a skeptic much uh more in for the whole ghost hunt type of thing than i am and have been on ghost hunts before that they found credible and enjoyable and they also agreed that it was kind of low quality i'm not going to go too far into the details but let's just say they spent about an hour they just had like a um literally a connect system like the video game system like k-i-n-e-c-t connect yeah um and they we were just hanging out in the courtyard of this hotel using a connect system. And this system is just trying to pick up human shapes. So we're looking at a screen that's showing these skeletal like figures that it's picking out. Cause it's just looking at points in the dark <laughs> and this fucking ghost hunt leader is trying to tell us, Oh yeah, that's uh, that's Gabriel. He's, you know, we see him here very often. He's a young child. He burned to death in this hotel. And I think he's trying to escape. Oh, that's master. Master's very bad. He was a priest who lived here and abused the children. It's like a dude, no this is just a fucking like technology trying to create human forms out of nothing you know the first thing that it picked up was like a fucking tree because it saw a vertical shape and it's like oh that's human and so there's like this skeletal shape dancing See, around everybody's screen. trying to be james cameron but few have the talent <laughs> i was gonna say everybody's trying to be zach bagans but uh... that sounds miserable <laughs> who's zach bagans He's like a famous ghost hunting guy. He's got a TV oh, show okay. and a museum and shit. Um, didn't you say something about the ghost of Johnny Thunders being involved in this night? Yes. We, we also went to a site where I, this was maybe the one interesting thing that I learned on this whole tour was that uh, Johnny Thunders, the legendary guitarist of the New York Dolls, a band that uh, I love that Steven loves. We both love my first concert. Um, yeah. Chris, you need to get on the fucking bandwagon. The New York dolls love bandwagon here. Um, yeah. But he died in new Orleans and reportedly he, you know, his spirit hangs around this final site that we went to, which was, I think supposed to be the home of a voodoo priestess or something along those lines. And at that place, we just sat around in the dark, like looking at cat toys and other things while the, uh, uh, the host, the ghost hunter dude, played different music for the like ghost children to dance to. It was it was some shit, man. It was some shit. I'm just like, what a career to make, you know, whatever money this sort of person makes, taking people out to like look at a fucking connect in the dark for two hours. Sounds like I could have just come over and played some music for you guys and the cats. <laughs> you could have, yeah. You know, nobody wants to work anymore, and that includes the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're on strike. Well, Chris, what have you been up to? Have you, uh, you know, taken your Kinect out into your backyard to look for ghosts or anything like that? No, I, I'm in the PlayStation ecosystem, so I never had the Kinect. <laughs> but I uh, watched 30 Days of Night this week because I'm guesting, shameless, shameless plug, I'm guesting on our friend's, uh, well, I'm guesting with our friends at uh, It Slays Podcast, who we've had on the show before. December the 11th, that will be coming out. It Slays episode on 30 Days a Night. Uh, I showed up on that episode. And 30 Days a Night, you know, I saw it when it came out, like in 2007 or 2008. And I liked it then for the most part. And I still like it for the most part. It's not really a good movie by any means, but it's... uh, it's kind of creative and, and different in some elements. And it's just always going to be the movie I think of when 
I'm snowed in or I'm thinking about a town that just like shuts down for the winter. Uh, so that's worth something to me. But if you're interested in me talking about that, check out the It Slays podcast episode on it that will be out soon. Uh, and that's all I got. Nice. All right. Well, let's put our deposits down on the rental, guys. Let's put mm-hmm. our deposits down on this fucking rental. So the movie is The Rental. This came out pretty recently. 20 what? 2021. 2021 it feels like it was just yesterday and this is a film about four i would say they're 30 somethings yes sure four 30 somethings Uh, they felt very relatable to me so i'll say yes dan stevens is 46 i only know because i find him to be one of the hottest men on the planet Uh, whoa wow he reads like he's 34 he must be vegan (laughs) <laughs> anyway uh so it's it's two brothers and then one of the brother's wives and then the other brother's girlfriend and they rent a very nice they don't say airbnb because they don't want to get sued but uh, a short-term rental on the coast of oregon it's like a big big ass house on a cliff overlooking the beach overlooking the ocean and uh you know we know the tropes they know the tropes. This movie gives off bad vibes right away. The landlord, kind of a piece of shit. Kind of racist. Poss- possibly racist. Uh, probably racist, we should say. <laughs> um, it definitely says very openly racist things. Yes. Um, and, you know, things things go south from there. And a lot of it has to do with the drama between the characters and then... Of course, there's a horrifying threat lurking in the rental that we'll probably talk about in the spoiler room. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else you can say about it without giving too much away in our little synopsis here. All right. Well, I can say that I was wrong. Dan Stevens is 40, not 46. So well, let's I mean, like he's 31. He must be <laughs> vegan. I was just looking up other ages. Allison Brie is 39. I'm fucking shocked. She reads like she's 32. She must be vegan. <laughs> or maybe and this movie maybe this movie was shot in 2018 and they sat on it for two years during the pandemic or something. How old is our um, girl from A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night? Oh, is that who that is? Yeah. This oh. is an all-star cast, man. This is fucking stacked. You got Allison Brie, you got Dan Stevens, you got Carmi from The Bear, which is fucking... If you haven't seen The Bear, see The Bear. I thought it's his not, name was The Bear. Yeah. Wait, okay. You have to, you have to watch it. I was calling him The Bear the whole movie. I've heard about The Bear. Is it a, what is The Bear about? I'm told it's the, something I should be interested in, but I know nothing about it. It's about the getting bear, sandwiches. The Bear is behind-the-scenes kitchen drama, and it's brilliant it's funny it's fast-paced it's beautifully acted um it's it's great i we i don't binge anything but we binged that show in like two days or something and there are only eight episodes but still that is crazy for me i don't watch anything that fast so that's jeremy allen white right and then we've got sheila vand sheila vond i'm not sure how it's pronounced but that's our uh, that's our girl from girl walks home alone at night wow amazing what a great cast, cast. Really. Well, and Toby and got, Huss. Toby Huss is the the landlord. I mean, I don't know who that you just is. Can't, you can't do better than this. He's a great character actor. Okay, and you've got Dave Franco directing. I think it's his directorial debut. I'm. I've always been sort of luke 
warm-ish on Dave Franco, but interesting to note that he directed it. I gotta look up Dave. I gotta look up Dave Franco allegations. I to dude, make sure I, that that he's the not the problematic he's one. He's not the problematic one. I don't know. <laughs> James James Franco is definitely the problematic. And one. And Dave Franco is married to Allison Brie, right? Yes, yes. That lucky, lucky motherfucker. A little nepotism going on here. I mean, when you're <laughs> when you're married to one of the best and most charming comedic actresses of her generation, I, I think you should cast her in your shit. She's great in this. Yeah. Funny when she needs to be. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. Everybody's great in this. You, I mean, all four of these people are, our leads are fantastic actors and everything I've seen them in. And, um, and they create characters who feel very real and, um, and, and who I was interested just to hang out with and kind of see how their relationships and what was going on in their life developed even before anything sort of weird starts to happen because it is, it's a short movie. It's a slow boil. Um, things don't really kind of kick into gear until what? Like the last half hour? Maybe. Yeah. There's some, um, like leading but, up to that, There we get some kind of sort of familiar beats with this kind of movie where you've just got people in one location together. You know, there's some emotional indiscretions, sexual indiscretions that happen. Like there is, there is tension for sure, but it really doesn't turn into a horror movie until, yeah, like, the third act, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, and I was on board with just the drama of it all. I thought it was really good uh, and well-acted, and I was sort of dreading the horror. I was like, you know, and, and not in a good way either, but just like, I'm in, I think they're really succeeding at what they're doing right now and I'm really invested in this story and I don't need a Gerald, rest in peace Neville, to show up and start murdering people (laughs) at this point. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't think we should get into the details of kind of what goes down between these characters but the basic dynamic between them is there are two brothers and their partners. One of the brothers' romantic partner is the business partner of the other brother. So there's a lot of kind of close relationships here and um, some unexplored relationships as well, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Yeah. We get a lot of trouble in paradise. A lot of don't shit where you eat sort of stuff going on. In this movie. <laughs> those, those are the, the tropes that I latched onto. And but I would just definitely... say, yeah, go ahead. I would just say bad vibes and, you know, you can tell sort of from the first moment that these four characters get together that like they more or less tolerate each other as as a unit. There's just the the brothers are are kind of fed up with each other from the get go. Um, Well, right, because Dan. So, um, yeah, Dan Stevens is the one who's got it together. His younger brother is dating his business partner, and his younger brother has a, a checkered past, a history of fucking up. He um, apparently, like, is dating back to college. He, like, beat the shit out of a guy in his dorm, and he, he, like, really can't be trusted, but everybody's happy that he seems to have found a good partner. He's in a good relationship, but there's, he feels He's a little like for a lift. He feels a little like a ticking time bomb, though. And I, I mean, despite how he seems to outwardly have it together, the the Dan Stevens character is is a feels like a a powder keg, and I I did not 
respect him and I was put off by the weird startup that he's working on Mm -hmm. with the bear's girlfriend. I don't like startup (laughs) bros. I don't like tech bros. I I got a bad read on this guy from the get go. They have like, you know, they're into crypto or something. And like you see him using his startup skills throughout the movie where he's kind of like trying to dazzle people and, and trying to bullshit people uh, from pretty early on. So, so I, I thought, and, and I don't know if you guys, I mean, did you guys find him to be the least likable of the four? Um, by a, the that's end. A, that's a leading question, but yes. Okay. We're allowed to ask leading I questions. Did, do they ever actually say what the startup is, what business they're actually in? No. Okay. I didn't think so. No, it's just very, you know, it's run out of a WeWork. It's it's very, <laughs> yeah. um, it's very nebulous, but you, you kind of get the sense that it's, you know, they, they've probably come up with an app that for, you know, delivery of some bullshit. Yeah. Something nobody needs, but the, they'll convince people they do need so they can get rich off of it, essentially. They're disruptors. They're disruptors. <laughs> yeah. They're disrupting fintech. <laughs> Anyway, um, and then, yeah, and then, so added to the tension is the bear has brought his dog, and... <laughs> As we know very well, the three of us, you never bring a Dude, dog on a weekend trip. <laughs> too fucking related. Uh. <laughs> really cute dog, though, I gotta say. I was a fan of the dog, not a fan of the decision to bring the dog. <laughs> yep, especially because it's a no-dogs-allowed Airbnb yep. or short-term rental. So that's a Chekhov's well, gun be- right there. That, that that lends a little tension to the proceedings as well. Well, and I mean, you talk about bad vibes. Like, you know, I mean, <sighs> this the Airbnb host, as we've said, is not uh, – he's a bad dude – He's 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 racist towards the the one non-white person in the group. He's just generally kind of unpleasant. But also, there's just so much that I don't know. I, have you guys stayed in Airbnbs much? Only a couple, and I've never really times. interacted with the person I was staying. Yeah, like they're not they don't maintain a presence. Except, oh, okay. I had one experience that was actually kind of creepy where <laughs> it was, I just totally forgot about this because something even more fucked up happened that night back at home that I got a call about. Um, but like, it was like a third of a house and we could hear the people who own the house on the other side of it the entire time. And like the dog going back and forth by the door that led into their part of the property. And I was like, I don't think I slept because I was like, they could come through into the space at any point and murder us. Mm-hmm. At least you yeah. could keep tabs on them, though. It's scarier when you just show up and there's a lockbox and you don't know where the owners are or what they're doing. Yeah, I guess so. I prefer the lockbox situation, frankly. I, I mean, I've I've stayed in a lot of Airbnbs. Mostly, have had good experiences. Don't often run into the host, and I prefer it that way. That was what I was going to say. The bad vibe was was just the host showing up to like do this little fucking tour and shit. It's like, no, let me figure it out on my own. I will contact you if I have any needs. And it just, I don't know. There was something about it. it uh, just the relatable experience of the whole Airbnb thing. And if you've done it much, just it feels this feels weird and unsettling from the get-go, the way this guy shows up and just kind of like, 
he doesn't linger. He just gives the tour, but he still lingers just enough where it's oh. like, oh, just go, just go. You know what's like super no bueno about this is that he says, like, he mentions like that the stars are amazing out here. And he he pledges to bring a telescope back to them. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to just be showing up whenever you feel like it. Keep your telescope, dude. Which, and, and rightfully, they make the right decision. And they say, no, that's okay. Like, they try and tell him, no, don't do that. But, but he insists. He's like, oh, no, I should have left it here in the first place. I'm, I'm going to bring a telescope over. You know, just don't, just don't fuck it up. Don't do anything to it. You know, it's like, oh, dude, stop. Ugh. Other than the racism... He didn't really read like a creep to me, and I didn't have a problem with him, except for, again, we're aware of the tropes. We're expecting him to be Gerald, so he's kind of creepy for that reason. And if, I don't know, if I if I were in that situation and I were checking into that place, I don't think it would be strange to have a character like that who's the, he says he's the brother of the homeowner who yeah. like lives down the road, you know, show up and, and, and give you the key or whatever. I mean, he's he's got that boomer energy where he's like... Oh, you were supposed to be here 10 minutes ago, <laughs> you know, but so he kind of starts him off on the wrong foot. Um, and there's, there's a hostile vibe between them, but I wouldn't say it's like a, a creepy vibe at all for me. I think oh, it comes across creeped. as creepy because it is a horror movie and you're kind of expecting certain things, especially because there's so few characters in this in general. Things he did and said, like, came off very much actually like the, the Mark Rylance character in Bones and All. You'll see, like, like it's kind of it's kind of hard to get a read on him. It's like, yeah, that's not okay, but like, should I be worried? This is sort of the general vibe I got from him. Um, but knowing that it's a horror movie, I lean toward like, yeah, I should be worried. Regardless of horror movie, if this had happened to me in real life, it would have creeped me out. I would have been up in the middle of the night. I would have been having fucking anxiety fever dreams about this guy and what's he gonna do. And I. It was, it was creepy to me regardless of context of, of the horror movie and, and, and in a perfect, subtle kind of way that felt very real where it was like, Ugh. and that, that was part of why it got under my skin was because I it felt real enough that I could imagine this happening in real life and just being like intensely uncomfortable with him in that situation. You know what it reminded me of? What? Creep. Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. Guys creep, got creep or, vibes where it's like, all right, this or is 13 whole- cameras. Or Not 14 cameras. Because <laughs> Gerald, rest in peace, Neville, reads like a villain from the get-go. And this guy, like, the creepiness is there if you're looking for it, but also it th- does the same thing as Creeper. You're like, this whole thing's a little uncomfortable. Am I overreacting? Yes. Well, and you're looking, you're looking, you're waiting for a smoking gun where this guy's going to cross the line. And you're going to say, aha, that's the bad guy. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't quite do it. Well, so we right, mentioned and I think off- that's why it worked on me. Well, that's why it like unsettled me because I could yeah. see having that exact same reaction in real life, where it's like, "Well, this is probably fine, right?" You know, and then again, being up in the middle of the night, asking myself that same fucking question repeatedly. Yeah. Well, they. So we mentioned they get off on the wrong foot when they get to the property, but even before that, we learn that um, Sheila Van's character has tried to rent this Airbnb, doesn't hear anything. An hour later. Dan Stevens puts in an application to rent it and gets approved immediately. And one of the kind of bum notes of this movie for me is when Sheila Van's character directly confronts the property owner about this as he's, as they're about to finally shake him and get him the hell away so they can enjoy their weekend. And like, I obviously understand her frustration and like wanting to have an answer. Like, did you turn me away because I'm a woman of color and like not a 
wealthy white man? Did you just completely ignore me? But like, I can't imagine that a any reasonable person would bring that up. It just it felt well, very unnatural to me. I would argue that none of these characters are very reasonable people, and that's well, sort sure. of the drama. And they all have sort of a fatal flaw. And I mean, I don't know if you can call being assertive in that situation a flaw, but but certainly uh, a characteristic. You know, she she couldn't just swallow the indignity, and I'm not saying that she should have swallowed the indignity, sure. but it's everyone's got a thing like that that they're stubborn about in this movie that leads to problems it works for dramatic purposes it just felt a little a little unrealistic to me especially because they were so eager to get the guy out and it's like okay if you don't want the guy to actually be the creepy guy that's gonna murder you then don't don't poke the bear hmm i i didn't find that unrealistic at all i found it i found her reaction realistic and i found the discomfort of the three white people very realistic as well because they all wanted him out and didn't want to start trouble you know over that incident yeah i didn't think it was unrealistic i thought it was um it felt like an honest depiction of a character that was maybe making a mistake okay okay (laughs) you know like like it it didn't feel contrived i don't think to me but again we don't really know these characters that well so she could have she could have done anything she could have started breakdancing and we'd be like oh that's that (laughs) character we just met she's crazy (laughs) fair point well okay i I, here here's what i will here's what i will say about that and i'll say maybe more in the spoiler room is that like there's there's a there's some stuff in this movie that makes it seem like it's trying to be a trying to like convey a like a social message and i don't think it ultimately does and i reflected back on that particular moment a little while after i'd finished the film and thought like huh like why even bring it up but we'll, I, might we'll talk about up, I might be picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. The other big reference point on this one for me is Barbarian. I just kept thinking about, oh, like, yeah. this, is, this is, in a way, what I wanted Barbarian to be. And I, and I guess it's it's different from when I've when we've discussed Barbarian before. I've been like, all right, I wanted Barbarian to actually follow through on at least one of its seventeen different like social issue kind of things that it sets up instead of just being the latest bait and switch for the movie's latest bizarre twist turn that it takes. And this movie, you know, I, I don't think again, not getting into spoilers too much, but as Steven said, it doesn't really pay off this kind of social thing. It sets up around racism or around, you know, even I guess maybe kind of the politics of this whole Airbnb business in general, mm-hmm. but at least that stuff all comes fairly early. There's not as much of a bait and switch this is a hard movie to talk about. It is. We should go to the fucking spoiler room. Like we're we're trying to avoid talking about anything past like what fucking fifteen minutes into this. That's right true. Now. Well, it's not not quite fifteen minutes, but but I mean, well, listen. Before, it, uh, the I, the, I, the big thing, the first big thing we're avoiding talking about happens in the first half hour at least. We'll put it that way. When the maybe. Molly comes out, or at most, maybe. Um, but well, let me let me say, and I don't know. This might segue into a review, I guess. But um, I I thought though that like it was very well directed and acted, and yeah. I was totally on board. Uh, 
through all this drama and slow burn stuff. And I was, I was amazed. I was like, Oh, it's, it's so rare for me to watch one of these horror movies on Netflix and be like, Oh, like I'm reading the body language. I'm reading the subtle cues. Mm -hmm. I know what these characters are thinking. (laughs) Like it's so rare. And and just have a movie that's communicating in the way a director intended clearly um, was a delight. Um, And, and so that was all good throughout the movie. And, and, and really, I think this movie relies on that. Cause like we've been alluding to, you know, 75% of this thing is the, is the human drama before you even really know what the hell's going wrong in this house. So, and I love that shit that just feels kind of like a bottle episode, like the invitation, not the new Blumhouse movie that came out, but the, the Karen Kusama movie. Like I love just like people in a house, having dinner, having a party, having a vacation. And like, we start to see them kind of unravel. That to me is like one of the most exciting forms of cinema. And it can often come across as being like, well, it should have been a play, but this was so like well-directed and well-blocked and everything that it, um, yeah, thought it was pretty good. Well, and it's interesting because it kind of exists in this like liminal space between, you know, your quote unquote elevated horror and kind of just a standard, little mm, i don't even want to use a genre term to describe it because again that's almost getting into spoilers but your sort of standard b movie i mean it's a simple movie there are some horror thrills but it's extremely well acted and at the same time it's not trying to be like an a24 kind of deal where you've got super uh elaborate visuals it's a it's a simple movie very well done very well acted without trying to be showy about it i guess is what Mm -hmm. i'm trying to say Mm-hmm. Another thing I really liked about the human drama, it was it was kind of relatable to me in a in a odd way because, like I said, like right off the bat, I just felt the tension between these characters, and it reminded me of just people you know, relationships that you observe, especially I think maybe at our age more than more than before, where it's just like. These people have issues to work out. Yeah. These these people don't know how to communicate. These people shouldn't be friends. And Oh, like, I know I know all four of these people. <laughs> yeah. And and you're like and I just to imagine being in a house where those dynamics are playing out cuz I've I've done things in in friend groups where there's dynamics like this playing out and it's just very uncomfortable and I'm just like I want everyone in this movie to just grow up and self-actualize and choose better friends <laughs> um and that was really So that's interesting. I I didn't I didn't necessarily process this great tension or frustration between the characters that you did. I I Certainly, uh, Dan Stevens's character has a lot of frustration with his brother, but I also, I guess I saw a lot of love there too. It was sort of loving frustration, like, you know, God damn it. Why can't my brother like get back on track kind of thing? And other than that, I didn't really process a lot of frustration or, or tension or discomfort, I guess. It's, it's not like, it's not like they all are harboring hostility towards the other. It's more like these people don't seem to have much in common Mm -hmm. and they're staying together just because they're other people they know, and they all have their own sort of agendas and values that are coming into conflict with each other. Mm. And they seem to more tolerate each other than enjoy being around each other too. Like even Alison Brie is like, um, Dan Stevens brother, like asks like, so, so wait, like how, how do you feel about him hanging out with 
my girlfriend and she's like oh like i love that they she says like the kind of thing you would say to like patch it over so you don't have to talk about it deeper in conversation she's like oh fuck them she literally says that it kind of has a half joke but she's like oh but i love that he has that outlet and it's clear that she's insecure about it you know there is some i did not process that at all Oh my I actually gosh. thought that was really sweet when she said that. That struck me as like big poly vibe. She was like, oh, I'm glad that he has someone to express that part of himself. These people are very really, much, they're not poly. That seemed really like, well, no, but I, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Like poly values, yeah. sort of. It seemed very sweet and loving to me. Maybe it's a Rorschach blot, you know? Maybe. it's. I mean, it's definitely, I, I watched that scene, that moment twice, because I felt that way the first time, but I was like, something felt a little off about me. Part of it is that I was trying to sort of calibrate, I'm used to Alison Brie on, like, Glow, you know, where she is, like, a very tough character, but also, like, she's playing for comedy a bit, and I was a little confused by her line reading, so I went back and I was like, I don't know, I kind of feel like she is jealous, and then, you know, we learn more later, and I think that turns out to be true. But, you know, none of these characters, I don't think, really have mm. chemistry with each other. Well, with one major exception. But, like, I, I did not trust any of these characters to do the right thing by any of the other characters. Wow. And so that just that just created drama. It was a bomb under the bed. And it starts with the dog coming into the car. And you're like... <laughs> This is you guys are some suspicious ass motherfuckers. Okay. Well, it's a yeah. horror movie with people. I mean, like, I, I, I think we're reading it accurately. I think you're supposed to be suspicious of them. You know, there's I mean, going to the be one interesting. You got the one couple that works in in uh, they give me bad vibes because of their career, and then they have a guy who's bringing the dog, and then Allison Bree seems to be like sort of the the straight man to all the drama at least yeah. for a while. Um, but I just was like, I don't, I'm not comfortable. I want to go home. I, I turn this car around. Let me out. That's, so I would not want to be in that Airbnb with these four people. That's for damn sure. And I've been in situations like that where I'm like, all of you need to break up and not contact each other for a few months and reassess. Um, I well, felt listeners. suspicious. I felt suspicious of the bear. I felt suspicious of Carmi, which turned out to not really be merited as the movie went along. And and overall, I wouldn't have wanted to stay with Dan Stevens. But otherwise, fine. I just the ladies. Fun. Ladies' night. Ladies' weekend. Ladies. Ladies and the bear. And me. I'm down. <laughs> well, you they, might be they're Dan all Stevens. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say i said you might be dan stevens oh thank you <laughs> well fun. listeners we want to hear about your most toxic friendships <laughs> <laughs> all right i think we should review this and go to the spoiler room so we can actually talk about this movie what do you guys we, we have we've milked an incredible amount of time out of you know the 17 minutes of the movie or whatever that we're allowing ourselves to talk about I'll go first. I give this a cue. It. I thought it was well acted, well directed. I thought it had great tension. It's like the perfect amount of a slow boil for the length of movie that it is. You know, it got me. It got me a few times, this movie. And then I think, like, the resolution was incredibly disappointing. But that's only a couple minutes of, you know, a 90-minute movie. I'll, I'll forgive it for that. I had a decent time watching this. And again, I love that just kind of Put some people with conflict in one space for an hour and a half and let's let's see them hash it out. Let's see, you know, them 
give in to their worst impulses and see them try and get out of having done that. I, I think that's just, I don't know. It's kind of a classic formula and one that I have a, a sweet spot for. So again, that's a well, hold. Hmm? Let me, let me, let me audit this. Let me <laughs> challenge you on this. So was there anything you didn't like besides the ending? Nothing so egregious as to knock it down to a screw it. Well, it sounds like you're describing a view it. I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'm not. I'm not describing a view it. Um, it's cl- it, it's close, but I but I I do think again. I know I downplayed the disappointment at the end, but that it, it's it, it is worth noting that like I did have some expectations and they were not met, and I think that that's what kind of knocks it down to a cue it for me in the in my ever evolving ethos surrounding this rating system that I myself devised however many years ago. <laughs> Chris? I'm also going to give it a cue it. Like I said, I thought the performances and directing and all the human drama in this movie were very strong, and that is most of the movie. There's some horrifying stuff that happens that engrossed me. Uh, several horrifying things that happened that really engrossed me and were relatable. And I was totally on board for that. The problem is it's a slow burn. It's a slow boil, this movie. And when you do so much of it so well, I'm just really hoping that that's going to stick the landing. And Mm -hmm. the ending seemed very kind of sloppy and uh, arbitrary and cynical and didn't do a lot for me. Uh, So it was just, it it fizzled out in the end. Uh, But, you know, especially because right before the climax, I was like, oh, I think I get the point of this movie. This is actually a really clever movie. This is smart. I like this. And then it just didn't follow through on that. And it just went somewhere else and got dumb and bad. So I'll give it a cue it. Everything until that point. Great. But it really, it really shit the bed. What can we say, Patrick? And you don't want to shit the bed in a, in a rental. I mean, uh, like you're going to pay some <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, I agree with the disappointment around the resolution to this. I, I don't know what would have satisfied me as far as the resolution. I don't know what I wanted out of it, but I did feel a little. Empty, confused, nonplussed, maybe, with where this winds up going in the end. Hmm. I don't know. We're going to get into it. It's it's interesting. It's not it's not bad. I'm not going to go that far. But it was a little bit of a letdown. And Chris makes an interesting point about, like, I almost would have just watched these characters unravel with no horror really involved. Like, this probably could have fallen apart with no death or anything, you know, and it still would have been interesting. Probably not a horror movie. We wouldn't have been reviewing it at that point. Um, Anyways, I'm babbling and I haven't given a rating yet. I'll give it a view it though. I enjoyed it overall. Um, Thought it was very well done. And the um, mild letdown of the ending was not enough to kind of turn me off the, the product overall or to turn me off recommending it to anybody. Well, listeners, we would love to hear what you thought of the rental as well. So, you know, send us a line at uh, everyhorrormovieonnetflix.com or reach out to us on Send us a line. Media. Send us a line of Coke. Send us a line of Molly. <laughs> send us a, send us a, 
a message on social media. We're at Amoncast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or join the conversation on Discord. We have a Discord server uh, that's been a lot of fun. The link to that is in the show notes. And we look forward to hearing from you over there. Uh, but now we're going to go down into the, the spoiler, uh, boy, we're going to go to the spoiler hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. And uh, discuss everything that happens in this movie. Uh, so if you want to go check the film out for yourself, do that now. Otherwise, stay tuned. And in just about 10 or 12 seconds, we're going to spoil everything. Welcome back. We're just out here under the stars enjoying a little dip in the spoiler hot tub. Ready to spoil <laughs> everything about the rental. I almost said the ritual. <laughs> but that was we already did that one. And I mean it it's one of those things where the landlord shows up and he's like, Oh, by the way, you know, you should use the hot tub at night. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and you're like, why does he want us to do that? <laughs> But it's not, it's not. Because a, hot tubbing at night is great. Well, yeah. When else are you going to do it? In the middle of the afternoon when the football game's on? I don't think so. I mean, if the weather's cold enough, I'll hot tub in any weather. But night hot tubbing is always best. You don't want a hot yeah. tub in the hot sun. You know what I mean? No. Right, absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, the the main, the main conflict is so, so our, our guy, uh, what's, what's the guy's name that you like? Dan. 50 year old guy. Dan Stevens. Dan Dan Stevens and the girl who walks home alone at night have been vibing (laughs) uncomfortably for the whole movie, you know, 20 minutes in, I guess. Um, They walk together to the hot tub at night. And yeah, because they they all, they're all partying, and 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 Bree, uh, what's her face, goes to bed. Allison <laughs> Bree goes to bed early, and the others drink and do Molly, and the bear passes out pretty right, quick. Right? Well, well, Allison Bree brings the Molly. I feel like that's relevant. She brings the Molly because she used to be a party girl when she first met uh, Dan Stevens. They, by her own description, were basically fucking on the dance floor, and they did um, Molly but, that night, together. right? But she's not quite feeling the Molly vibe this night, so she goes to bed early. Everybody else gets fucked up on Molly. Can mm-hmm. I say? So, can I point out a line that I thought was really interesting in this very quickly? So she brings out the Molly, and Dan Stevens says, "Huh, I don't think I've done that since the night we've met." And the way he says it is like, "You sound a little bit uncertain about whether or not you've done a party drug since you met your <laughs> now girlfriend." That's very <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> I mean, the vibes are just off because, you know, we've been suspicious of their relationship for the whole movie, and now they're doing Molly, and Molly is now established as, like, the drug that made you... What? I don't want to be lumped in with the we've been suspicious of their relationship the whole movie, because I wasn't. I was okay with this. I I was like, okay, these people can be close friends and co-workers, that's all right. I was not suspicious. You weren't suspicious of... of, Really? All right. All right. And, and well, especially, and again, this also, I think, lies in the different ways you might perceive that scene we already talked about where Allison Brie says, no, it's fine. Like they, you know, they're vibing, they have their thing. That's no threat to me. And I was like, okay, she doesn't have a problem with it. They've seemed to just have like, you know, a close like working relationship. Fine. No big deal. So well, I was bear, not suspicious. The bear has a problem with it, and 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 the they're the only two characters that have chemistry in this whole movie. The the 
I don't know that the names of these characters. I should I should look them up. No, well, this Patrick, is much whether better. or not you were suspicious. I love calling him the bear. Whether or not you were suspicious, it turns out that if you would have been, you would have had reason to be. Right, which is, not good, which is not good for me and my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Mina, Mina, that is the girl who walks alone at night. And Dan <laughs> Stevens is Charlie. Um, which, yeah. So anyway, they've been, they've been very cozy this whole movie. And then the Molly comes out. And the Molly is established as like, oh, this is what makes Dan Stevens fuck and fall in love, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he turns into a, a dancing queen. Allison yeah, Bree says when he does Molly. So anyway, long story short, um, Mina and Dan Stevens make out in the hot tub, and which yes, I, I'm just gonna say was was hot. I mean, yeah, it, it was. I mean, it, it, was it hot carried it's, it's, that. It carried that burden of well, not burden, but that um, energy of long suppressed sexual tension. Like they played that very well it felt very real that just like oh we've been wanting to do this for a long time we haven't talked about it let's do it let's go you know it felt it felt very real and pretty sexy yes i agree sure and kind of scary because i'm like okay your your partner's been asleep for a while it seems like she might want to wake up to like use the bathroom get a glass of water you've got nothing but windows overlooking this fucking hot tub so it was sexy and stressful, like well, a classic and the bear, 90s sexual thriller. And the bear, who we like already know is kind of a volatile person, is also inside. Like he, I think, gets too fucked up and passes out. But there's also yeah. kind of the lingering threat of what if this guy wakes up and flips out? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's almost so, killed a guy before, so who knows? Right? Yeah. So they make they make out a little bit, and they're uh, they're interrupted by what the dog barking or something. I, I think so. Sure. They're 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 interrupted, but then uh but then they they rendezvous in the shower afterwards and they go all the way. <laughs> um and then the next morning they're hung over as fuck and they're like we sh- we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that again. And 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 Mina says it sincerely and and Dan Stevens, you can tell he wants to do it again. Hate well, this guy. I hate this guy. Uh, and another loaded gun kind of thing is both of them decide to sit out the big hike that all four yeah. of them are supposed to go on. And I was almost like, shit, are they really staying behind so they can hook up again? While I thought their the partners are both gone. And I felt so bad for Allison Bree. And this is also when I started to come around on the bear and was like, oh, the bear might not be too bad because like he and Allison Bree have some chill conversation on the hike. I was shipping the two of them. Yeah, sure. I was I was shipping Dan Stevens to get murdered by the landlord, uh, Mina to fall off a cliff and and break her leg, and the other two to <laughs> fall in love and get married. To say nothing of the dog, what did you think was going to happen to the dog? Reggie, oh, I thought the dog was toast. I thought the dog was was monster bait. I expected Re- to see a fully mutilated dog, just like entrails hanging from the trees, like in the. Blair Witch or something. I thought, I thought it was going to be X Files where they're calling the dog and they pull the leash uh-huh. and then there's just the dog's collar all <laughs> bloodied at the end. Well, this poor dog, Reggie, which is the only character name I remember from this movie, they tie this goddamn dog up out. They tie the goddamn dog up outside so much and I felt so bad. Poor baby. Well, and also, like, the, there's the low key stress of, like, 
We already know the landlord likes to creep around. He could come back at any moment, like keep the dog inside, like in a room at the back of the house. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's just running pell-mell, as people used to say. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that one bit. Is it pell-mell yeah. or Paul mall Or no, Paul mall are cigarettes. Yeah. Is Paul mall does that name come from pell-mell? I don't know. That's a separate research project. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, the the anxiety wrench just keeps twisting because like, yeah, on top, like, like the whole, the whole thing's premised and just like, I was anxious about the dog being there in the first place for the reasons you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I, and then we have this infidelity going on. The dog goes missing. The dog disappears. And now you're like, oh my fucking God, now we're in real deep water. And that's really the first thing that starts to just unravel this whole trip because you end up having, well, actually, no, it's not. It's the second thing (laughs) (laughs) because they find fucking 13 cameras in the shower. (laughs) I counted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They find they find a camera in the shower head, and Dan Stevens and the girl who walks home alone at night are both obviously stressed about this because they're the only ones who know. They they discover it they, themselves while the other two are gone. They have unintentionally made a sex tape. They've been filmed while they were having shower sex, which yeah. does may not bother them. Except now they're like, well, we have proof there's proof of our infidelity and like we can't call the cops because what are they going to do they're going to see reveal our sex tape in open court and we're going to get divorced right so what do they decide to do try and intimidate their creepy airbnb host gerald too well that's not their first plan their plan oh that's right that's right their plan is to play sorry i'm getting ahead of myself their plan is to play it cool pretend it didn't happen and go home. Which and also right, because they're because like, what is he going to do with it? Like, he's not going to distribute it. He's just going to watch it and jerk off to it. It could have been live broadcast. I mean, it could have been yeah. on the fucking like chat room. Um, could have been on the dark webcam web. site. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could have been on the deep web. They'd be living with anxiety until the, till the day they died. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh. So, I mean, that's great. That's great drama in itself. Oh, yeah. But then the dog goes missing as well. And that causes the bear to unravel. Uh, Allison Bree's already like taken Molly at this point. So she's losing her mind in a hurry. <laughs> oh, and that's a great bit too, because like they get back from the hike and I'm trying to remember, why does everybody opt out of the Molly? Because they, the, the plan is, all right, take some Molly the first night. Don't go too hard. We're all going to do it together on the second night. And then everyone except Allison Bree opts out. Went too on hard. The second night. Well, yeah, they partied too hard. Oh, right. Yeah. They're still hung over. And which is another great bit for her character who I probably felt the most sympathy for of anybody. She's just like, okay, you guys all went nuts. And now fuck you. I'm doing this on my own. You're I'm cooking do four times as much, Molly. Yeah, like, that's... I'm on vacation. This was the plan. I'm doing the. I'm gonna have fun and watch you guys be miserable. Yeah, that's that's a good. Which I would do. Too. I mean, I mean, probably. Yeah, me too. Maybe not Molly, but if that's all that. We yeah. Do, <laughs> <fuck> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but when the dog goes missing, the bear decides to wait. No. 
I forget Who calls how this the landlord? plays out. Allison Bree calls the landlord for because something the hot tub stupid. Is oh right, yes. Oh, and the that's a great tub. bit too. And Allison Bree may be the MVP of this movie because she's like everybody's <laughs> freaking out about the dog, and she's at the hot tub just like I forget what her line is, but it's this very like oh the dog's missing that sucks. You know, she's just very in her like drug trip and like trying to get the hot tub to turn on. It's it's a really funny and well acted little moment, and then she gets frustrated with that. And calls Gerald Jr. to fix the hot tub. Yeah. Which yeah, causes I, I, everyone else to lose their fucking minds. Well, Let the bear know. starts intimidating the landlord. Like, what the fuck did you do to my dog? Did you take hold my on, dog? Hold on. Pump the brakes. Because this is going to be an unpopular opinion. But I didn't love Allison Bree's bit. I, I'm not into, like, I'm really high sort of comedy in general in movies. And here I thought it felt a little... The t- it broke the tone. It broke it the atmosphere. It seemed like it was lifted out of another movie, and I didn't think it was very charming. I think you could have got the point across that she was fucked up in a way that was a little less silly. She didn't have I to would- say. She literally says to the landlord, like, FYI, I'm a little fucked up on Molly right now or something. Yeah. Like, she, like, straight up says what's happening. Like, okay, I know. It was that. like fucking second unit director Judd Apatow showed up. <laughs> Second I mean, unit, second unit director Danny Gordon Green showed up. Danny <laughs> David. Gordon Green. I mean, like David and, Gordon Green. I mean, like half of these people basically like grew up with Judd Apatow as their like surrogate father, so not too yeah. surprising. I agree that I usually am not a big fan of the oh they're high ha ha comedy, um, but I thought in this case it served to demonstrate Alison Bree's frustration with everybody else to the point of just being absolutely callous to this dog situation. Um, it, it was a character beat that worked for me. And I also thought she played it in a low key, funny way that mm-hmm. amused me and also chilled me a little bit. And also like, because she's been the straight man for the whole movie, like, like she's kind of been the straight man. She's kind of been the one who like, doesn't wear a, like a personality issue on her sleeve. Uh, and now you know that she's out of commission. <laughs> like, right. She's Which not is be stressful, part of the right? Because we know that everybody else is kind of, kind of fucked up. Cause at this point, the, the bear is, is yeah. Intimidating the landlord. Like, what did you do to me? Did you take my dog? Did you kill my dog? Yeah. Well, and you almost understand at this point why she was hesitant to do Molly the first night, because like this, this girl's going to go out of her mind a little bit when she does mm-hmm. Molly and she wanted to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the landlord shows up because she calls him, which is just, Oh, face palm moment, but she didn't know any better. And then the bear. Yeah. He's like, I think this sick fuck stole my dog, which sort of a crazy thought. Again, we're in a horror movie. So we, the audience are kind of like, yeah, maybe there's probably some foul play involved, but it's kind of irrational to jump to the landlord. And when the landlord starts to defend, well, but we're himself, dealing with the irrational bear and it is in a horror movie. So it like, it's kind of the, it's all there. You know, you don't really know what you're yeah. playing with. There's a lot of variables in this movie that are deployed in a pretty smart way to introduce a lot of uncertainty about everything, whether it's the uncertainty about are the Baron Allison Brie going to hook up on this hike or are the other two going to hook up while they're gone, whatever. There's a lot of just kind of like little, a series of loaded guns in this, some of which go off and I some never, don't. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. never thought the bear was going to fuck Allison Brie. I didn't think I, was, they were I wasn't anxious fuck, about that. I was like, was... "Oh, I'm so glad that they can just get away for a bit. They're the two most reasonable people here." 
there was because all we know about the bear is what his brother has said about him and i at this point i'm like well he's clearly entirely unreliable so maybe this guy's actually fine he had a rough patch he's gotten over it he's a trust i trusted the bear more than most people in this probably more than anybody in this movie the bear read like a sincere guy to me. Eventually, yes, I was I was a little sus of him early on, but I my he did opinion bring the dog, and I'll forever hold time. that against him. Sure, but my point is there are a lot of like small red herrings that are kind of cleverly deployed, so that you never are quite yeah. sure what to expect in this. Yes, uh, all sorts of shit starts firing at once, but by the time when the landlord and like I like in that. Like I said, you know, it's irrational, but it totally feels honest to to the characters in the situation that he's confronting the landlord. Like, did you steal my dog, bro? Just tell me where the dog is. And I mean, he's lost a pet, so he's completely just desperate at this point. When the landlord starts defending himself, I start to think, you know what? This landlord seems like the straightest shooter we got in this fucking house. Mm hmm. Because yeah. I'm like, he's con- he is convinced he could be a liar, but he is convincing me that he's just a fucking guy and he had nothing to do with this dog. And I'm like, this is getting real interesting now. <laughs> and it, proceed- it gets more interesting because at- no sooner has he denied the charges that he stole a dog, but Mina confronts him about the the camera in the shower that they weren't going to tell anybody about. Which, oh my god, one of my favorite moments in this movie is when Dan Stevens points the camera out to her in his shower, and then they're like, oh, fuck, is there one in the shower that we fucked in? And they run to the other uh, bathroom. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Which, and and, and Stephen, you mentioned before kind of feeling that, uh, that moment where she confronts Gerald Jr. about his potential racism feeling unrealistic, which, you know, we, we debated that there's different takes on that, but it is a nice setup for the fact that she has no qualms about just being like motherfucker, come to the bathroom. What's up with this camera? You know, she works in the tech world. She thinks real life is Twitter. She thinks that she can cancel this guy. If she just speaks the truth. Uh, and I guess she does (laughs) because they go to look at this shower thing. And, uh, a fight breaks out. Basically, well, this guy is like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Right. Like, let's and he says, let's call the police right now. <laughs> he's he's stunned. He's shocked. Which is and not Mina which is not what like, we're fucking expecting at that moment. Wait, we can't call the police. Holy shit, we can't call the police because we don't want our tape to get out there. Right. So she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now let me walk back oh, everything I just said. And then they have a dispute and the bear comes in and beats the guy half to death, just like he did in college. Right. Because he sees the girl who walks home alone at night, trying to stop Gerald jr. From calling the police and assumes that Gerald's assaulting her. So he assaults mm-hmm. Gerald. It's, it's great. It's great. It's a perfect, just it works show. it ends up working really well and you said half to death he beats him to death he dies well death. no he doesn't beat him to death he beats him very severely and then a fucking masked man comes in and smothers gerald to death and it's like yes. okay we're playing a different oh, game right. now oh yes. steven was asleep for that <laughs> um but 
it's a little the, my only note is it's a little on the nose how like when we see dan stevens at the beginning of the movie he's like yeah you know my fuck up brother you know he got out of jail because in college he beat a man almost to death outside a frat house <laughs> and lo and behold it's, it's 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 like a checkoff's gun he ends up beating a man almost to death in the events of this night it's like if if someone said you know chris one time chris got wasted at a party and and danced with a girl and they locked eyes and then over her shoulder he saw a taxi and he had to spin so he got in the taxi and then he had to prairie dog puke the whole time because he didn't want to throw up in the taxi and then he got home and he puked and then I did again that night it's a little specific <laughs> is, pra- is prairie yeah. dog puking like sticking your head out the window to puke no it's you're like, holding like, it down like, it comes up and i swallow ew, ew ew that's disgusting. i was not gonna pay a cab cleaning fee i was not gonna do that ew anyway i'm gonna prairie dog times. puke right now just thinking about that concept <laughs> But yeah, so so now we but but so unseen Michael Myers shows up. Let's just put it that way, <laughs> and he kills the landlord. He finishes off the landlord, and now everyone's like, "Oh, the bear killed him. The bear fucking killed him." And the bear believes he killed him. And this is my relatable to me because this is my nightmare. This is I have a recurring dream where I've like inadvertently or maybe on purpose killed somebody, and I have. Stephen and I just made the same face at the same time when you said that. I'm worried. I'm very I, concerned about I, what I'm about to hear. <laughs> I, I, I like in my dream, like someone has died through my actions, and I'm like. Oh, like there's no way out of this. I'm going to prison for a very long time. They're going to get me. And sometimes I try to run from the police and cover it up. Sometimes I'm like, maybe if I tell them I'm sorry, they'll let me off easy. But it's always a, a horrifying dream. I haven't had it in a while, but I used to have it all the time. Uh, and then I wake up. Shit. And we see the bear live that nightmare. And the bear's been to jail before, so he's going to get, you know, three strikes lot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not good. Very upsetting. Yeah. So then they decide to be the wolf and just clean up the body, remove all the evidence. Oh, right. I was trying to remember where it went from there. Right. Duh. The, the bear becomes the wolf. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, and not, I mean, just, and not the Wolf of Wall Street, the Wolf from Pulp Fiction. Yes. And I mean, what what is there to say, really? I mean, the, the, they they try to cover up the crime, but as they're doing that, well, this Michael Myers character shows up and just starts doing Michael Myers shit. Well, there, off, yeah. there's, there's plenty to say about that. This house is situated on a cliff over the ocean, high, high cliff. And they're like, let's just throw him off the cliff, because then it'll look like he was out there and stumbled and fell into the water. You know, plausible he, the deniability. The landlord said that he'd been drinking all day, so that's helpful. And they throw him off, and the body <laughs> falls on a little rock ledge about halfway down to the sea. And then they spend... I mean, it's it's a short sequence, but it was so excruciating to me. It felt, you know, much longer than I'm sure it actually is. They're throwing, throwing rocks, rocks at him, over the edge of the down. cliff, trying to knock him down. It's it's horrifying. Point, their footprints, their hair, everything is all over this space, and they're all walking together there. And back. I'm like, you guys are fucked. You're fucked. So you much might DNA. as well just. You're better off dying in this movie, which they do. 
because you're going to get caught. <laughs> yeah, every every ro- every additional rock they throw, I'm like, oh, this is not going to pass. This is not going to. No one. Th- they're going to prison for the rest of their lives. I these people. I verbally responded when they threw the rock down, and it just hits him on the head, and then bounces yeah. off into the water. I was just like, oh, it was. It's not even. It's a. It's a wide shot. You don't even see anything gory. It was just something so upsetting about this rock hitting the skull of this already dead man and not even accomplishing its purpose of knocking him into the water. It was, I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. upsetting. So they got to they gotta clean the scene They and then they got to find the footage. They got to find the camera footage that proves that they were there. And of course, we assume it's in the creepy room under the deck of the house that has an electronic lock in it that they discover early on in the movie and you're like oh that's the that's the owner owner's closet nope, it's just <laughs> christmas decorations <laughs> oh. um but R. there's R. nothing P. in there so we're like what the hell's going on here well i mean well the bear I, finds something in there that we never quite see what the hell he was says that? oh you don't want to know but i don't know what he saw it looked like polaroids and it looked like there were nude bodies in them to me yeah, it might have just been the owners having geriatric sex or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But, but, but in the meantime, high-ass Allison Bree is sort of lured into a room of the house where the shower sex tape is playing. So she finds out about the infidelity and is like, fuck you, I'm heading out. She takes the car, drives away. Yeah, Michael Myers is playing games, and he catches up with Allison Bree and gets her, and then Dan Stevens goes out to investigate. He is also, and basically all our heroes are very unceremoniously killed in a very short period of time. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't sit well with me for the same reason, like 13 cameras didn't sit well with me, and those were not likable characters. Just to to have such engrossing character-based drama and then resolve it all with everyone just getting one shot in the head with a hammer. Didn't like it. Well, I mean, it's worth saying that, like, the writers of this movie were um, uh, uh, James mm. Franco, Dave Franco and Joe Swanberg, yeah. king of mumblecore. Like, these are not horror people. So I gave him a little bit of a pass for just like, oh, they saw your next or whatever and like, you know, like the, the, they think they're doing something original by by dispatching of everyone so quickly and unceremoniously, but it it, it, it it doesn't quite work. Can we take a quick moment to recognize that Chris has not yet said the word mumblecore in this entire episode? I thought it. I was waiting for it this <laughs> whole time, it. actually. No, this I, I never saw the movie Drinking Buddies, but it, it, I imagine that it's like this movie without horror. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. didn't and you? I should probably watch that. Didn't Joe Swanberg at some point do some horror? I don't know. I feel like that's ringing a bell for me. I did not Google him, but I don't remember him making any Oh, he did. Oh, he did Drinking Buddies. (laughs) I didn't know he did Drinking Buddies. And he did a VHS segment as well. Okay. But I guess... Thought I, was uh, I see Jocelyn else. Donahue on the thumbnail for his IMDb page. So, oh, oh no, oh no, he did off season. What's that? Oh, really? Yeah, did I he? I didn't see that. Direct it? No. Oh no. He had something to huh. do with your next as well. He was in Cabin Fever too. Spring Fever. <laughs> A film. A film. 
Oh, he was in your next. So he's got, he hasn't written or directed much horror, but he's got some horror credits. What's off Oh, he season? was, he starred, he starred in off season. So I can't, can't fault him. What's co-starred? What's off season? Off season's a movie, a shutter movie. I watched uh, like over oh. the summer. That was just excruciatingly slow and oh. plotless. Okay. I feel like you brought it up on the show at some point. I'm never going to forget it. I'm never going to forget that one. Hmm. Um, Anyway, the mumblecore scene is very, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Incestuous. Yes. Thank you. Hmm. I mean, there's like three people on the mumblecore scene, so it's easy to be incestuous. It's like Joe Swanberg, the fucking, uh, the brothers. Duplass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't even fucking know. There are others who I don't care to, whose names I don't care to recall at this point, but it is very small. I don't know. Where were we before we got on that tangent? About how everybody's dying and just how it felt just, you know. Mina just falls off the fucking cliff. She does what they wanted to do to Gerald Jr. It, it, and it, but it, the way that it's shot, like, I was like, oh, she's not dead. Cause first yeah. of all, that would be very unsatisfying. And <laughs> we didn't see her die. So she's probably coming back and she's going to have her revenge and it's going to be a good movie. But no, she's actually fucking dead. <laughs> Everyone no. dies. This movie thinks it's, seems to think it's being smart by subverting your expectations and killing everyone off. And like, I've seen that before. Not with a tacked on ending like this one has, though, or a tacked on reveal. It it just it already subverted my expectations. It was already a smart movie because I was so enamored with this whole concept of like, oh, we know the trope of the Airbnb with the landlord. What if the landlord is actually not the villain? And mm-hmm. Like the real horror is just the fissures in your relationships and just you're making a hell of your own doing in this Airbnb. Cause that's what 90% of the, the problems come from. It's just, mm. they're spiraling on themselves. And I'm like, Oh, if they all end up dying and it's not because of a creepy right. landlord, mm. it's just because they just spiral into madness and, and make horrible decisions. That's the movie I want to see. That this is great. a, this is a Chris rewrites the movie that I can get behind. This is Thank what you. I thought I like it was going to be. I like that. That's what I thought it was going to be. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And I thought it was, I thought it had a social comment. I was like, oh, are we talking about like just sort of alien? And because there's like a generational gap with this all, there are all these kind of yuppie characters. And I'm like, is it, are we trying to say that like people are alienated and too suspicious of each other? And is it, is a paranoia movie about what we're afraid of on the, on the apps and then the Airbnbs? And no. It's just a fucking guy with a hammer. You know what? It turn- I haven't seen it yet, but it sounds like the movie you're looking for is called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I haven't I'll seen watch that it. either. I, I'm curious. I've but yeah, I mean, we should, in- yeah, anyway. we should explain what this actually is, though, that we're ranting about. So, I mean, the, the masked man, Michael Myers, we have a big moment where he stands in front of the mirror and starts to peel off his mask, which just is kind of a generic old man mask. And it cuts right before we see his face. We don't know who it is. We never find out who it is. It's just a random guy. And we There's see no one him. It can be. So I wasn't I wasn't on the edge of my seat of oh, who's he gonna be under the mask? Because we've sure. seen five faces in the movie and they're all dead. Sure. Can I can dying. I say something 
though, like, I was so grasping at straws, like, what the fuck is happening that I was like, is this a Jacob's Ladder scenario? <laughs> and Dan Stevens was the killer all along. <laughs> Probably a better movie. <laughs> it's an insane thought, but I was like, what am I watching right now? Why are they acting like this is going to be a reveal? Everyone's dead. It's yeah, so I, I was so curious. I was like, who could this be? It's nobody. You don't see who it is. And you see him unscrew the shower head camera, take out a like a camera he had in the or a microphone he had in the light switch in a plant. He takes all his shit, gets out, and then you see him do all the same shit at a new Airbnb. Like he yeah. lays out his microphones, he copies the key. This is just his thing. He goes the, and the- sets up gadgets and shit at Airbnbs. Presumably to why does he need the cameras? We don't even know. Is he in this to kill people to get voyeur footage? We don't know. He's a he's a creeper. The the whole conceit is it's not the it's the it's thirteen cameras, but it's not the landlord. It's the last tenant, and yeah. he goes around. He's a serial killer, and he goes into your Airbnb, rigs the place up, commits murder, and moves on to the next Airbnb. Which yeah. not a terrible idea, but not one. That felt it it, it. it would have been a better idea if they had just made a movie more around that, rather than tacking that onto as an epilogue to what was a very good standalone story. How do you not get caught though when you stay in an Airbnb and then the next time a bunch of people die and then rinse and repeat? Does he assume different identities? Does he, like how many times has he done it? A lot, because we see a ton of footage of different people, including families. That's at the end true over the credits. Yeah. 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 Which yeah, I will say was question. kind of unsettling. I thought that was a good kind of credit, a good way to, to do the thing of like showing additional footage over the credits. I was like, okay, I do feel. That last shot was creepy. <laughs> yeah. What's the last shot? Uh, a couple is in bed at an Airbnb it holds for an uncomfortable period of time. And then he rushes into the room and it cuts right before he, nah. you know, jumps him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, really this movie just, it, it lost all its goodwill with me when the bear got dispatched unceremoniously with a hammer. Cause I, hmm. I thought of all the characters in the movie, he's kind of the one I was most sympathetic towards. And, I mean, there's nothing. There's no moments. There's no like, no one sacrificing themselves. There's there's no movie moment to it at all. It's just very nihilistic. Boom, hammer, you're dead. Interesting. That's, that's a hammer. The same weapon of choice from Thirteen Cameras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, um, this guy also has a bulky build. He's he could he could plausibly be Gerald or a young Gerald. Maybe. Ooh, we were joking that this was Fifteen Cameras. Maybe it's Twelve Cameras. Maybe it's Thirteen Cameras <laughs> Origins. <laughs> Well, Gerald has a son that he's an apprentice. Fuck! That's true. Yeah. It's baby Gerald. Yeah. R.I.P. Neville. It's 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 negative 13 cameras. Like, this is his <laughs> origin. He's building up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that's ultimately, Chris, you used the term nihilistic. Like, that, that term has been, word has been swinging around in my mind because that's ultimately what made me give this a cue it instead of a view it because I'm like, okay, well you could have, this could have, could have dealt with like social issues of like racism and discrimination in an interesting character based way. And instead it had to basically do what people, what I've been complaining about horror movies and what critics have been complaining about for 
you know, a century at this point, it feels like. Like, it just feels like it needed to set itself up for a potential sequel. Like, to set up a new slasher icon or something, which is not what I expected and definitely not what I wanted in the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes of this movie. It Franco just did like say waste of time. Franco did say he has ideas for a sequel. I I, I want to oh, watch God. it. I, yeah, I was I was disappointed in this ending. I not as much as you two were. I found it more curious, I guess, than infuriating. Um, and and I would be curious to see what his plan is for it next. But I would miss the bear. I'd miss Allison Brie. I feel like I've been whining about this sort of thing a lot. So like, let me be clear. Like I got no problem with, with likable characters dying in a horror movie. Like sure. me either. Means, kill all these people in horrible ways. It'll be fine. But just, just to, just to build them up as well as they did to knock them down. So with, with no ceremony at all. I don't know. I was like, what's the point? What you were doing before this started was so much more interesting. Because it's sort of like, well, you're you're doomed no matter what, whether or not you're good, you're bad, whether or not these relationships are fucked up or not, they're going to, now we know they were going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. So what does it all mean? I, I don't know. I guess if you can afford an Airbnb, which I, you know, good, maybe, good maybe the rental, can, then you're fucked. Maybe the rental describes to what the, the describes the movie. This is a <laughs> it's a rental. <laughs> Chris, I Hit this I, shit at the red box. Don't don't go to see it in the theater. Before I uh, before you had seen the movie last night, I texted Stephen and I was like, I just want to call the killer the rental, like we call Michael Myers Halloween. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's the yeah. rental. Well, hopefully, I don't have to watch him in anything else again, and hopefully, he doesn't show up at any Airbnb or short term rental that I rent. Dude, I want to see the rental kills and the rental ends. I want to see it. I want more. Well, well call, good, good for call you. Danny sure Gordon you'll... Green. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call Danny, my bud. All right. Well, that's your movie. <laughs> the rental. That, that's, that's your rental. A, thank God. We talked about it actually for slightly longer than the, the runtime, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. at this point. But but that's a, that's a sign of an interesting, thought-provoking movie that we are definitely going to reference and meme in the future. There's, Probably. there's a lot of interesting and great stuff in it to unpack before, yeah, that ending that is, depending on your your point of view, a little underwhelming or fucking infuriating. Next time I go camping with you guys and someone's like, how was your trip? And I'd be like, it was like the rental. <laughs> Dude, next time I go to an Airbnb, I guarantee you I'm going to be thinking about this movie. I guarantee you I'm not going to sleep because of this movie. I'm going to be thinking well, about remember, who stayed here last. Remember. The scariest thing isn't who stayed there last. It's the fractures and fissures in your your human relationships with the people you call your friends and loved ones. Oh, I guarantee you, <laughs> I'm not going to do any Molly in a fucking Airbnb. No, fuck no. And I went well. I wouldn't bring a pet to an Airbnb to begin with, so that's a moot point. All, All right. right. So, what are we watching next episode? Can Chris? you believe that it's Christmas time and it's the end of the year already? Oh Where have the last twelve months gone? I'm getting older and older by the day. <laughs> I don't have much time left, and we're going to once again do a year in review recap episode to close out 2022. 
and talk about all our favorite. <laughs> I like how movies. there was a question mark on that too. You were like, it's 2022, right? They're all grains of sand at this point. They're just <laughs> flowing by. It's they're 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 leaves on our river. And tears in the rain. Tears in the rain. And so yeah. And that's why they call it the blues. <laughs> So yeah, it's, our, it's going to be our big year-end episode. We're going to have a couple all Lang Syne. We're going to talk about the highlights and lowlights of the previous year. And we're going to give away the coveted Spirit of J Award. Mm. My so, favorite. we hope you all tune in for that one. And, you know, like we said, reach out to us on social media. If you want to nominate someone for the Spirit of J, you know, send us a message. Leave a chat in the Discord. Maybe we'll mention you. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. So we will see you then in two weeks for our end of the year recap. So no homework this week. And until then, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. I'm Steven. See you next time. Oh my God. We didn't talk about how Reggie lives. Reggie lives. Oh, that was sad. When does the dog live in a horror movie? That was chilling. Um, Yeah. Poor Reggie. I felt so that was upsetting. From was one really psychopath upsetting. to another. Poor Reggie. He was like He's just alone. He was just and the look in his eyes, I I what did they do to that dog? To those to give kinds that of dogs always look sad, don't they? Yeah, but he was just like, Where's my owner? Is someone gonna take care of me? And he was scared of Michael Myers and oh, that was upsetting. Dude, what if the next movie's about Reggie? <laughs> I'm into that. Dude, Reggie. What if Reggie's the connecting thread? Oh, that would be great. They show up to the rental and they're like, like it's no pets, but they fall in love with this dog and they have to try and keep the dog hidden. They think it's like a stray and they're worried that the landlord is going to find out and get pissed off at them and charge them a fee and like that.